everyone, and actually Happy New Year. Uh, welcome back to Ellen Foundation's Unheard Voices. This is the first show of 2019, and I do hope you guys are enjoying uh, the first couple of days we have going into 2019. It's a snow day today, so if you need to get out, be careful. Um, the roads are, are, you know, some, some of the areas are plowed. Um, I'm your host. My name is, again, Pam Price. Uh, I'm the ED of Executive Director of Ellen Foundation. Uh, and you can tune in to Unheard Voices here on Box Wave every second Sunday. And also, Ron, I'm going to have to give this plug that um, you can tune in to Radio 1 um, 10, 10 a.m. every Friday at 2 p.m. Um, my guest today is... Um, is uh, one of my guests today is Beverly Smith Brown. She's a first responder, and um, it, welcome. Thank, Thank you so you. much for Thank joining. Thank you for having me. And um, and she also uh, has a uh, ministry. So first, let's go on and and again introduce yourself and mm -hmm. what you do and how you got where you are. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, truly excited to be here my name is beverly smith brown i am the founder of mama safe haven nonprofit yes. organization mm -hmm. we operate in ward seven um, and we also have uh, programs in ward eight as well um, i'm a native washingtonian um, grew up in southeast dc number eight of nine children wow. in a single parent home um, always tell people I was born on uh, Fort Belvoir Army Base, <laughs> but my mom and dad separated by the time I was one, so I didn't get a mm -hmm. chance to experience that Army brat life. However, I did get a chance to see um, teen pregnancy, drugs, violence became the norm growing up in Southeast. Um, you know, mom on drugs, and that was her coping method, was crack. Um, wow. She was definitely a mom who uh, made sure we ate, made sure we had a roof over our head, mm -hmm. but the way she coped was crack. And it became a way of life for us because in order for us to cope, we had to, well, I ain't gonna say had to, we chose to sell drugs. Mm. Um, and I started at the age of 12. Um, it wasn't um, something that was frowned upon in my community. And um, when I got pregnant at 16, I didn't think it was a bad thing because most of my friends got pregnant at 12 and 13. Oh, okay. So um, because you now were a little ahead of you, you know, a little bit older when that happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it became, um, you know, a, a thing of survival of, uh, and it became the norm. Um, but fast forward, um, Unfortunately, I lost my mom um, in 94, 19, yeah, three mm -hmm. days after my 19th birthday. Um, it was, uh, you know, one of those times where I just felt that it was a huge turning point in my life. At the age of 19, I found myself with three children in a domestic violence, uh, violence relationship, um, and I was confused. I didn't know what to do. Wow. Um, um, while I was pregnant with my son, my second child, I was uh, physically abused. Mm -hmm. um, so when he was born, um, he didn't have any physical, that I could notice, any physical disabilities. Mm -hmm. But I noticed as when he got into school, um, he was always having trouble in school. He was a little bit behind. Yeah, it was a chemical shoot. imbalance. Um, so after, uh, you know, um, serious... Uh, looking into it after him getting put out of daycare and after daycare and had to constantly go up to the schools mm -hmm. he never had a problem with reading and math comprehension you know he's very intelligent um, it was just that ability to sit still that impulse control right um, and then I had to realize that he did experience trauma in the belly mm. 
and um and, and you know we forget that yeah you know, um you know that that's a good point that you raised is that we forget that you know as um parents as moms mm -hmm. you know as we you know as you're carrying your ch your unborn child the things that you that are happening on the outside are also being passed on to the unborn child so we that that was a good point so I'm, I'm you know I just want to interrupt here for a minute yes. that um, you know a lot of organizations we talk about um, domestic violence in October um, domestic mm -hmm. violence is more than just an October conversation mm -hmm. it is a year-round conversation and um, you know especially now in light of so many things that are, are happening in the um, in the community I mean not just in our community I mean it's touching a lot of celebrities it it's, it's it's um, you know peeling back all mm. the things that have happened um, behind closed doors mm -hmm. and just a reminder so it's one in every four adult mm -hmm. woman is in a domestic violence situation mm -hmm. one in seven adult male mm -hmm. is uh, in a domestic violence situation mm -hmm. so and I know we talked a little bit prior to us going live and you know in looking at all these things that have happened of course you know the R. Kelly and all mm -hmm. these other celebrities and you know, it, it made me go back and look at our young people, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of times, you know, we worried about the the, um, the adults mm -hmm. that we tend to forget our, our, our young people. Yeah. And, you know, and as I was doing some research, it's roughly 1.5 million high school boys mm -hmm. and girls in the U.S. admit to being hit or in a uh, physically abusive relationship, mm. which estimates out to one uh, one out of every three young persons mm. between the ages of 12 and 18. And, you know, if, if these young people, especially mm -hmm. as you're going through adolescence, yeah. if you are not getting the, the required help, yeah. Along with adolescence, and we know as a parent mm -hmm. that it, and even when we were growing up, mm -hmm. adolescence is really a uh, tough um, time for mm -hmm. anybody. But then to have this piece yeah. added on. Now, you mentioned your son, um, as you noticed, you know, out of that domestic violence situation, mm -hmm. um, that there were some issues. Mm -hmm. Now, I looked up. Um, you know, I'm all, all, always fascinated about mm -hmm. um, numbers and, mm -hmm. and, and how our closed door behavior mm -hmm. affects us. Yeah. You know, because we of color, we've always been taught what goes on in this house mm -hmm. stays mm -hmm. in this house and no one gets healed. Yeah. And that's the problem is that we need to make sure that these people are healed and um, get the healing that they need. Yes. And if if they are not receiving any healing, mm -hmm. you know, then what happens is that they begin to, um, you know, deal with that internally. They begin to deal with that in such a manner mm -hmm. where um, it, it begins to cause truancy. Yeah. Uh, it begins to affect them to the point where, um, you know, I was hurt, so I'm going to go hurt somebody else mm -hmm. or I'm going to go do this and get mm -hmm. back. 
So let's talk about your son as as he he's gotten older and your other children. Yeah. For as a matter of fact, you know, as as what happened in that transition mm-hmm. when they get came into becoming an adult, uh, a young adult. Yeah. So it's uh it's really one of those things that um, in the midst of it happening, you know. I couldn't see, mm-hmm. right, um, because of the trauma that I experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this now as a mom, right, as a teen mom and growing, basically growing up with my children. Um, but it was a thing where my son, now, so I have three girls and, and one boy. Mm-hmm. And um, so my son was one, um, that was the only pregnancy that I experienced. Uh, domestic violence while I was pregnant with him. And like I said, it was clear um, that uh, there was distinct differences um, because with my son, uh, he, again, he got put out of every school that he went to, every daycare center. Um, he caught his first charge when he was 12 years old. Nice. Um, my daughters, on the other hand, always excelled. Okay. Um, always excelled. Uh, my baby girl, who is 18 now, I call her my angel because she's a prayer warrior. Uh, when I was pregnant with her, I was heavy into church and I prayed constantly mm-hmm. is when um, I gave my life over to God in 1999. I gave birth Beautiful. to her um, in 2000. Beautiful. So she is my angel. Um, I have a 23-year-old who uh, loves basketball and mm-hmm. travels all over playing basketball and who That's is beautiful. actually a basketball coach. And, really? Um, she's an amazing writer. Okay. She co-wrote some scripts with me. Um, she became um, a, a, a published p- poet at, in sixth grade. So her poem was published in a book at sixth grade, and she wrote her first play in sixth grade. Um, My oldest daughter is uh, just bought her second home. Um, She's uh, about to start her own daycare center. She's 26. Okay. Um, My son, um, 24 years old, uh, has been in and out of the juvenile system. Mm -hmm. Who has just caught another charge and is facing 15 years in prison. Um, He has done everything from raw people to stealing cars. like I said, since he was 12 years old when he caught his first charge, and um, I say his first charge, but that wasn't his first mm-hmm. offense, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things that I did not condone. Right. Do we have somebody on the line, Ron? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I know the the Equal uh, Justice Initiative mm-hmm. um, published in February of 2018 that um, many young children in America are in imperiled by the abuse and neglect mm-hmm. and things that mm-hmm. happen on mm-hmm. and they they you know coming out of abusive relationships they tend to they do struggle mm-hmm. um, with um, you know excelling in school mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that and as I mentioned earlier they you know want to go back in and, and turn around and um, hurt someone yeah you yeah. know because they were hurt and Right now, well, as of when this was published in 2018, Mm -hmm. um, at least 10,000 young people Mm -hmm. from the age of 12 are Mm -hmm. housed in adult jail system. Wow. You know, and then uh, at any any given day of of the year in the Mm -hmm. United States, and um, from there, some 3,000 children nationwide have been... um, sentenced to life uh, imprisonment Mm. so you know you look at those numbers Mm -hmm. and it's like 
our children, our babies are yeah. being charged as adults. I mean, I get it, you know, they do, you know, they're doing adult crimes or, you know, may have three strikes or yeah. all those yeah. things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're still babies. Yeah. They're yeah. still babies. Now, as a first responder, explain what is it that you do? So, as a first responder with the Alliance of Concerned Men, I um, respond to crime alerts. Mm -hmm. um, so the, so the, the DC system, um, the DC government has a, a system whenever ever there is a crime, a stabbing, a violent crime, a stabbing or shooting, um, they have alerts. And I receive alerts for the zip code 232, which is in Southeast DC. Okay. Um, and that's a high crime area. So when I receive an alert, uh, my job is to locate the victim mm -hmm. and to uh, make sure that the victim is aware of their rights and the services that the city has to offer. Right, we right. do not work with the police mm -hmm. um, and we don't share uh, information with the police. Our job is to interrupt violence to see if we can circumvent it from happening and to um, the Alliance of Concerned Men, have, we've been known to um, bring a truce in um, any kind of gang violence or a re to stop retaliation. Um, just recently, there was an incident where a young man was shot, um, and we went and located the victim, spoke with him, and he was um, upcoming uh, forth with who did it, and we were able to contact the uh, perpetrator. Mm -hmm. Um, get the information from the perpetrator on what actually happened, mm -hmm. and they were able to create a truce where there was no more uh, retaliation being done in that case. So mm -hmm. um, that's basically what we do is to build a relationship and also um, refer them to other services. Because we, what we have found is that a lot of the victims as well as the perpetrators um, typically have some kind of background issues, whether it be finances, lack of um, resources. Mm -hmm. um, so we connect them with those different resources mm -hmm. to uh, to try to uh, again stop them. retaliation. Mm -hmm. How many? Um, how many um, young people do you um, come across in this? It, do you find that in these situations, you, do you find that it's majority younger mm -hmm. people versus the adults? You know, I'm just curious what you see as a first responder. Mm -hmm. um, you know how things are, what's happening, you know, what from your eyes. Yeah, I, you know, unfortunately we see more between the age of that 16 to 25, that 20, 30 year old. Um, a lot of the victims are younger. Um, mm -hmm. I know the first crime scene that I went to January 1st, he was a 19 year old man who was gun shot, shot down, um, that was murdered. Um, and after that, it was three other young ones that was younger than 25. Mm. So I think our total was up to eight um, already. For already homicides. Um, we had five in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and most of those, I would say out of that eight, four were between that age. Wow. Um, we also work with the victim family, mm -hmm. um, as well as that community. I know one family in particular, 
um, was not the victim, but it happened in their apartment building. Mm -hmm. The children were traumatized by the gunshots and the blood that was still in the apartment building a week after it happened. When was this? January 1st. Was that from a d domestic violence situation? It wasn't. It wasn't. It was um, a young man that was uh, similar to the other case that happened when he was chased in the building. So mm -hmm. this young man was also chased into an apartment building and shot mm -hmm. down. And like I said, the blood was not removed, you know, and that family was traumatized. So we offer services also to those families and they were minors. Um, so when you think about who was directly affected by the trauma mm -hmm. and also people who were indirectly affected, affected by the, the trauma. trauma. Mm -hmm. So that number is staggering as to answer your question of how many. Right. It's just staggering. We have youth um, at Anacostia High School, the young man that was killed. So we have a whole high school who's affected by mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, so the numbers are staggering as it relates to it. How much do you see on the domestic violence side? Oh, domestic violence is, uh, I'll say, I want to say 50% of it is is domestic wow. 50 percent of it That's is domestic because when you look at domestic violence it's relationship based Absolutely. so it can be brother brother you know sister family you have a it's relationship always, right, right right so it's not always that intimate partner mm -hmm. domestic violence but when you're in a household and you're dealing with a situation um it's domestic right and um it is it's really staggering because it becomes so taboo um, one of the things with the NEAR Act is, you know, really policing our community and giving the power to our community to really be proactive. I really feel that there's ways that we can diffuse situations before it goes to the level mm -hmm. of um, physical. Right. And, you know, you hear the verbal abuse, you know, have those, um, that phone tree of people of knowing that we can be a mediator right. in the community right. and someone you can go to and just mediate. So that number is so staggering that yeah. it's, it's at, you know, what you see and, and that's only you. Yes. Yeah. That's you know, it. and that's not, um, uh, others, mm -hmm, you know, because mm -hmm. you're only one of thousands that's that right. see, you know, these calls of, of domestic violence situation. So as most of the family um, know that for me, my, I, I was not the direct domestic violence okay. survivor. Uh, my best friend, it was, is um, uh, a domestic violence uh, survivor. Okay. Uh, and, and I remember she had come to my home um, gosh, almost 30 years ago. Mm. And, um, you know, and I knew by the language that she used at the time um, that she and her son were being abused, mm. but she never came out. But because of the lack of knowledge or the lack of information mm -hmm. back then, 30 years ago, that was shared, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then shelters weren't as big. I mean, it was not as publicized as yeah. back then. Mm -hmm. So she would make little hints or, you know, she would come to the house and, you know, have a little mark or mm -hmm. something. And she'll say, you know, she got hurt by, you know, walking into the wall or yeah, the kids or she was playing with the, the, the kid. Mm -hmm. And then one day she came to the house and um, she was talking about how, you know, she's going through this domestic violence situation. And, uh, and now her child, who was um, at the time 10, mm -hmm. uh, was starting to act out 
that same behavior against her. Mm. So as she came looking mm. for help from my household, mm -hmm. I was not able to help her because we had to take into account, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know all of what's going on inside of that house. Yeah. So, and you know, when people's emotions get going and they pass that threshold, yeah. that's a whole different level of crazy. Yeah. We don't want no parts that's right. of. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you can't reel it back once, yeah. once it starts. Mm -hmm. So, um, I had to decide, mm -hmm. you know, either keep my, my, my home safe mm -hmm. or take her, you know, send her away. Yeah. Take her in or send her away. Mm -hmm. I had to send her away. Mm -hmm. To this day, 30 years later, I don't know where she is. Mm. You know, um, I kind of have an idea, but, you know, you're not sure. Mm. And um, so right now, I don't know. Yeah. So in just mm. in being not the direct receiver of the domestic violence, mm -hmm. but being the second level and people forget mm -hmm. that you know even though it's not directly you have close friends close close relatives that are in that situation mm -hmm. that are looking to you to help and you're affected by it yeah mm -hmm. you know so it, it's it's amazing how um it, it carries on for years and years and years if you don't get help yeah yeah, that counseling is important mm -hmm. and being able to um, heal from the root. Right. You know, being able to heal from the root of understanding. Um, what I had to understand as a survivor um, was that uh, what you think of me is none of my business. Mm. You know, because it was that whole people pleasing. Right. You know, and as we think about that whole R. Kelly situation, we was talking about it earlier. Um, about the importance of just loving on each other, mm -hmm. right? And, and, and looking at those people who are right there for you because sometimes those are the ones we overlook. Right. And then that person who, that whole hurt person, you know, hurt people, hurt people, right. you identify with that hurt and then you become a target, mm -hmm. right? Um, and get caught up in a situation of just trying to... Um, you know, heal each other, mm -hmm, but you're mm -hmm. both hurt. So right. it's a toxic relationship. Right, right. Instead of healing, you're digging that knife deeper mm. and triggering other things. Um, but also understanding, um, you know, who you are and whose you are. Um, I like that. Yeah, and mm -hmm. that was one of um, the survival tactics that I think um, helped me out of. Right, because um, one of the things I see in that survivor, uh, that su survivor R. Kelly piece is um, they had the opportunity to leave and wasn't held captive, mm -hmm. but didn't want to leave. Right, and I know what that feels like yeah. to just feel like you know um, he needs me or I need him, and we are leaning on that. But that whole piece of getting counseling, mm -hmm. right, um, and being able to lean on a stronger person mm -hmm. that's not going to use your vulnerability against you. Right, right. Um, and being able to share in that safe place right. of, okay, this person I'm sharing this with won't use it against, against me. me. Yeah. And and that's that's something that um, that we need to teach our our our, mm. our babies mm. and and even ourselves because as um, 
as an adult or as a teenager going into young adulthood, mm -hmm. you know, I had to, I, I didn't really understand um, the, you know, I see my mom and dad, but, you know, they were mom and dad. So, but you aren't really, you don't really understand the importance of having a solid foundational mm -hmm. relationship in um, in your home mm -hmm. or with your friends and people uh, what I've learned over the years is that people tend to forget that domestic violence is not only you know spouse and, and, and spouse on spouse mm -hmm, or spouse mm -hmm. on children mm -hmm. um, it, 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 it's friend on friend yeah it's uh, work because mm -hmm. you know work will will will, will uh, abuse you just as bad as somebody in yeah absolutely that's right. that's right so with that we have to understand and we have to know the signs yeah you know uh, that's the important part is that we have to teach our community mm -hmm. what are the important signs mm. of of domestic violence mm. or, or violence period yeah. you know it, it lack of communication mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. is one and mm -hmm. you know we have to make sure we understand you know it's lack of communication um you know when somebody is always um calling out your name mm -hmm. you that know verbal uh, abuse. that verbal mm -hmm, abuse mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know or they're holding hostage uh your your money you know yeah, you it, your your financial situation mm -hmm. where you don't know how to uh, move forward without this person telling you you can go see your parents right. or you can go see your family because mm -hmm. they will um, put that uh, cone yeah. around you where nobody is allowed to see you mm -hmm. and it, it goes back I mean I was just really amazed at a lot of the stuff that that R. Kelly that that was being uncovered in the R. Kelly series I mean it was, of course, we knew the stuff that was, um, you know, we heard about back when with Aaliyah. Yeah. And, you know, and as I was watching that, I was like, where are the adults? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the things I think is, uh, you know, distractions, right? And and that can be the excuse, right? Mm -hmm. That can be um, because I was just speaking on um that was my story, but th this guy was not R. Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't have R. Kelly money. Right, it was right. one of those things of lack of love and looking for that um, that thing, right? And he had that thing of, uh, you know, putting them on, so to speak, of giving them that opportunity. Right. And when you look at how fragile, um, they talk about the, the, the you know, the the love of money is the root of all evil, but the lack of money, the right? Lack of money the lack is, of money is just, is just as bad because what would you do for money? And people look Absolutely. at it and say, you know, it's not about the money because for me, again, I was in that same situation. He didn't have a whole boatload of money, mm. but I think that when you look at the core of what um, people will do, right, for the, for the fame and for, for, the, for yeah, the money right. of what, because when you look at Aaliyah, they said that her uncle 
was there, right? right? Um, and being able to, and then I heard one of the young girls say how she would hear how R. Kelly would tell the parents and gain their trust, and mm -hmm. he was saying how she would sit and talk about how she would protect, how he was going to protect this mm -hmm. young girl mm -hmm. in front of the parents, and she knew that R. Kelly was having sex with this young girl because she was engaging in sex with them and the young girl, yeah, yeah. and I thought about how the mental, um, you know, how it plays on your mental, mental psyche, psyche. Mm -hmm. when they are so young and mm -hmm. impressionable in that way. Right. And even with the parents, and, and you know, Aaliyah parents finally did step in, I think you mentioned something about $100 or something like that, but I think, you know, when people really look at the damage that can be done, mm -hmm. you know, in the midst of things happening um you get lost in translation and mm -hmm. in, in, in trans you know in right. translation and 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 so many lives are hurt because mm -hmm. just like you said where were the adults where was the outrage back when that was happening right. us as a people with the whole mute r kelly yeah right but it's always that thing of you know um really just wanting to push aside what we don't want to see. Absolutely. Right? When he has this 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 genius of step in the name yeah. of love yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe I can fly, <laughs> right? 12 play and all of those songs, right. right? He were really speaking it out. Right. Age ain't nothing but a number, right? right? And right. we were grooving to the beat. But, and that's that's something that we as a community you know, not just with um, with R. Kelly and these young girls. I mm -hmm. mean, you think about uh, what's his name, Kevin Spacey, the, the Elvis, Indi Presley Elvis Presley, and um, I mean, the, the, don't the, talk the, about the, Hefner, the the, the, um, the priests and <laughs> yeah. and how they are taking advantage of our our kids, mm -hmm. and and it's always, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it's usually between the ages of twelve. Yeah. And was it 16, 17, 18? It's yeah. usually between mm -hmm. that age mm -hmm. because they're very impressionable. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially when you become a teenager, when you go through that metamorphosis yeah. where, you know, you, you feel that nobody loves you, mm -hmm. you know, you mm -hmm. want someone, if they're going to speak those words to you and yeah. be really nice. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and after a while, what adults will lend the predators what they will do is that they'll listen out for those main words mm -hmm. that you're using and they will turn around and say, I love you. Yeah. Or I can help you. Yeah. Or I can give you this. Or mm -hmm. I can do this. Mm -hmm. And that way it creates a um, very close-knit mm -hmm. relationship with them because now these young people mm -hmm. believe that they understand yeah. them, yeah. you know, what they're going through. But we as the adult community, we as parents and, um, you know, school teachers mm -hmm. and things, we need to make sure that we let these children know mm -hmm. that we are a, we're here for them to yeah. talk. And I believe that that is why they go off to others because yeah. they don't feel that they can come to us, yeah. the mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, I know I didn't go to talk to my parents mm -hmm. about a lot of things. I would talk to everybody else, but mm -hmm. I would not go to my parents because, number one, I didn't think they would understand yeah. about stuff. Um, and 
then, you know, we pass that down to our kids mm -hmm. where we make it feel that our kids can't come and talk to us. Mm -hmm. We have to begin to, you know, I, I remember it, back in the day I was, I was a, a substitute teacher mm -hmm. as I was going to school. And, and I remember I used to tell the kids, put on your listening ears, mm -hmm. and that way it would open up the conversation to make them mm -hmm. understand that I'm here for you. Yeah. And so I say that as an adult that we need to put on our listening ears mm -hmm. so as to, to make it a uh, safe space, yeah. a safe place mm -hmm. for our kids to come to us, yeah. any kid. Yeah. You know, um, we, um, you know, again, just looking at the numbers, you yeah. know, if, if they don't get the help, yeah. you know, then we're looking at truancy, we're looking at, um, you know, self-medication, we're looking at yes. all these different things to get them through everything. Yeah. And we don't want that. We want to protect our, our kids. Yeah. Let you go in and jump in because I'll, I'll be a ranting on about these kids. But you know, <laughs> you know? That is, that is, that's so important as it relates to that because our children are the future. Yes. And it's so important for us to take that time out instead of judging them. Yeah. Because I had to realize that it's not about what we think about ourselves. It's what you think is what I think you think about me. Right. Right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to fix what I think you think, and I'm going to try to be that instead of having the confidence to be who I am right. and owning it. Right. So I think that we have to, one, um, validate our youth mm -hmm. and let them know that you have an area of competence. Right. And that's important for everyone to know what their area of competence is and knowing that you don't have to be all-knowing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I like work, that. yeah, I work, uh, um, Outside of Mama Safe Haven nonprofit organization, uh, my daytime job, I am a um, outreach and uh, admissions counselor for Job Corps. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, job Corps uh, totally help my family in so many areas of bouncing back. Um, but I have a lot of youth that we work with youth ages 16 to 24 with vocational educational okay. program and housing. Um, but so many of you come and say, I don't know what I want to do. That's a good place to be mm -hmm. because you don't always have to have it all figured have out. When you mm -hmm. have youth, and I know for myself as a mom, it's really hard to separate being a mom and, and being that counselor for right. your youth because some of the things I just can't handle as a mom. Right. I'm going to just be honest. Some of the conversations I can't handle. Now, my 18-year-old, she's very transparent, right? right. This girl, she would, she would tell me you know, exactly where she's at, what she's doing, <laughs> and she'll be smiling, you know, we have FaceTime, right, like, right. oh, I'm over here with us, uh, uh, really? <laughs> yes, mom, this is where I'm at, and I'm just like, she's honest, right? Yeah. She's honest, she gives you the, 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 the truth, whether you like it or not, and um, I think as parents, it's important for us to allow our youth that opportunity to be humans. Yes. Even in the church, and I'm going to go there just for a minute, yes. as it relates to that transparency of knowing that, you know, you, you have made mistakes, mm -hmm. you know, that you are not... Um, a robot that you uh, is we're not condoning a mistake but you have room for growth yes. and that part can be exposed as it relates to you like you know repenting and going further to uh, better yourself I think our youth um, looks to us as it relates to that validation mm -hmm. you know to validate them yeah yeah and and again it goes back 
if we do not love on our babies yeah we got to that's so important if we are not and and it's a journey it is a journey because uh you know we as parents only have the tools that were passed down to us Mm. and then we have to develop them so as our children become parents Mm -hmm. that they're able to you know, grow and, you know, pass on better tools down and down and down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have to love them and we have to, we as parents, we need to be able to uh, grow. Yeah. Um, I, I know it takes me a long time to be like, you know what, I, I need to grow here. Yeah. But, you know, after a certain age, we become stuck in our, 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 our mm-hmm. you know, our ways. Yeah. But, we have to, especially now with so many things out there mm-hmm. that are open. There's no more closets. Kids. There's no more closets. <laughs> I mean, you you just type in something on the internet, and Lord knows, if it's not what you're really looking for, you might get a different site that mm-hmm. might engage them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so, so now with so many things that are out there, where mm-hmm. um, our 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 children have access to we need to um, make sure that they know that regardless of whatever has happened or whatever is going on we need to love on them yeah yeah and let them know that this is a safe space yeah yeah I may not like what you got to say yeah but we're gonna move on from that yeah Um, and like I said for me it took me a long time to Mm -hmm. to even get to that place but Every day is a learn is is a um, is is a journey. Yeah, you know, for me to grow, to even though my kids are adults, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have adult kids, but you know, I look at myself like now it's time for me to learn from them. Yeah, yeah. But still, always let them know, Mama is still the here mom. for them. Yeah. I'm the mom. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 that's the that's the part. I, I have an empty nest now. All four minds are grown. Oh, right. And I'm a grandmother, and it's it's one of those things where I had to reflect. I said, you know what? I have to trust that I did what God gave me. Mm-hmm. I did the best that I could with them, and that right. you know, those are my hearts with arms and legs. Right. But I know that God is a God that sits high and look low. Yeah. And if He did it for me, He'd do it for the other. Um, I wrote a book entitled He Kept Me. Right, I was just getting ready to ask you about your book here. Yeah, so um, this book came, um, you know, after the abuse, losing, uh, I lost three sisters, uh, died before the age of 40, and um, just overcame some things that uh, I had to run um, out of uh, the old would you say the old clothes old before clothes, I was? Right, right. And I said, and, and, and I saw my community um, going in this, the spiral. A, a, the spiral. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we will dib and dab and, and you know, marijuana and alcohol. But when I see my friends going to dippers and, you know, they're, you know, I see them. Um, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, my arm. I'm sorry. <laughs> So when you, when you when I see my friends you know walking and holding mm-hmm. on to the fence and mm-hmm. and and don't know who I am I'm like whoa yeah. whoa um, but I escaped I ran um, and and moved to Burke Virginia okay um, and and I had an opportunity to purge and it wasn't mm-hmm. anything that I wanted to do I was in school um, writing a book about it was autobiography that paper that I had to write mm-hmm. um, and I, em- I embellished in that paper and I wrote stuff that wasn't true I never was ashamed of being a mom 
but um, and I got a good grade on that paper, but I couldn't sleep. You know, the Holy Spirit was dealing with me, and I and I could not stop writing. Right. And it took me three months to write this book, um, and I knew it wasn't a book. I just knew it wasn't. And, right, and right. God was like, that's not your story. That's my story. You have to tell mm -hmm. my story of right. how I kept you. And I was like, okay. That's and that's where the title came from. God told me he kept me. You don't have to stand there and, and, and be any type of person. You don't have to speak a certain kind of way. Just do it. Just right. go. Right. And I'll give you the words. And I'll give you the platform. And I'll give you the things. And um, and, and I went forth. And, and this book, um, again, for me, it, it was something that allowed me to open up the doors to mm. heal. You know, to, to, that was the first step of healing. Um, and Mama Safe Haven was created out of um, concern for everybody that reached out to me and asked me, how did I overcome? And, and it was just an overwhelming amount of cost that was coming through. And I attend Victory Christian Ministry International with uh, Pastor Cynthia and Tony Brazelton. Right. And, um, and, and I will always go to the altar, any altar call, I love the altar call. And, um, and, and I went in the back and, and I was praying and, and, and they said, so, you know, why are you here? And I didn't know why. And then uh, um, Antoinette, um, Pastor Tony's daughter, she, she said, you know, I feel a, the, the grace of God all over your life. Wow. And she said, just know people are going to come to you. And I didn't tell them about Mama Safe Haven or the mission that God was giving me. And she told me, she said, people are going to come to you with their issues. And she said, it's so important for you to pray for them right there and not carry it with you. Right. So I had to learn that even though God gave me this book, it wasn't in my power to, to fix anybody or to be a certain kind of way, that it was so important for me to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And God said that I am enough. He said that you can go forth and be your authentic self and not try to talk in a certain kind of way and be in, but just authentically be, be who, who I call. Are. And mm -hmm. I know I can mm -hmm. have some little, you know, they always say, oh, you know, I'm a Scorpio. So, you know, they say all kinds of things that come with your sign or she from Southeast or she short and brown but, skin. But, and but, you know, they well, put those things on but you. But that's the realness. You know, like I, I tell people, I said, look, you know, I, I, I'm a born again believer, but don't get it twisted. Come on. <laughs> okay. Don't get it twisted. Mm -hmm. Don't back me in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't have me go back mm. and be like, Lord, I'm sorry. I got, I got to go take care of this. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that is me. Yeah. That is for what I do in the community. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes it easier for me mm -hmm. to, you know, when hurting people come and they say, Pam, um, you know, I'm, I'm hungry or my light's getting ready to be turned off or I'm getting ready to get put out of my house. Mm -hmm. It makes it so easy for me to turn around and embrace them with the love and say, I understand. Yeah. yeah. You see, because God kept me through all Come of on that. now. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, so all of everything that we go through and even in, in domestic violence situation and, and, and you, you know, everything is a healing process. And so that is why it's important that as we continue to walk our walk, walk our journey, mm -hmm. that we can continue to heal those areas that we need to to uh, have healed. Because over the years we compart compartmentalize. Yep. That's how we do it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> all the things that have happened. Yeah. And in and in order for us to become whole, in yeah. order for us to stop 
hurting mm-hmm. other people because we're hurt. Mm-hmm. We got to deal with those little issues in the corner that's a little tucked away. Yeah. Um, you know, over the years, mm-hmm. and and um, and yeah, I mean, it, it it it's a journey. It's a process. Yeah. So uh, I I am so glad that you joined it because we're gonna finish this conversation because I I love how. You know, you, 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 number one, you respond to the needs of the community, not only as a first responder, but in your mission, what God has called you to do. Yeah. So I think that is, you know, you're looking at it from both sides. You're looking mm-hmm. at it on the emergency services side, but then you also are looking at it as the ministry. So that yeah. that's great stuff. How can people get a hold of you? Well, um, we have our website is... Um, Mama Safe Haven is uh, dot org. Okay. Um, you can contact us uh, by email at info at mamasafehaven.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on um, Facebook, and um, that's my page is Beverly Smith Brown. Okay. Also, Mama Safe Haven. Um, as well as the handles on Instagram mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say one thing oh, about as it relates to self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talk about trauma and dealing with all of those different things, um, yesterday I took the day. And I always say, you know, it, it, it's when the spirit moves you to just take a day where you're mm-hmm. not thinking or doing anything, you're just relaxing. Right. And it's, you know, sometimes you can't, you know, you can want to go take a trip and hop on a plane, but a lot of times you can do it right in your bathroom with just some bubble bath or lighter incense or something like that and just relax mm-hmm. um, and take that time to shut down um, and, and, and doing a fast mm-hmm. of, you know, just denying your flesh or certain foods to calm your gut down um, that's and your belly. That yeah, mm-hmm. I've been working on fasting and praying mm-hmm. um, as it relates to just being able to hear from God on what he want us to do in, um, in his ministry because what I found is so many people will, um, again, see you as a savior and put this heavenly way, oh, you said you was going to do it. And, and that's one of the things I had to get out of doing is promising people things. And that's, yeah. you know, because we're not God. And I right. say, you know, um, in, in service, not to be held um, in bondage to right. the people you're serving. Right. Because it can get in a, a state of um, comfortability with you in rescue mode and them knowing that. Um, so just, you know, just want to put that out to those people who are doing to remember to save yourself first mm-hmm. as we are doing mm-hmm. and, and and never feel bad for taking a, a, a break mm-hmm. as it relates to the work that is being done because um, I remember an older lady asked me, who come first, you or your children? And um, and my, my friend said, well, my kids come first. And I, I wanted to sit and listen what she was going to say. Right, right. And I knew she was going to say something. But she said, if you're not okay, how are you going to take care of your children? That's right. Here you have these strong children, and now you over here all week right. and not understanding. So it's so important for you to grow with your children. As they're going to school, you take some classes. Yeah. And that was one of the things that um, helped me out of my situation. Um, and, and today I'm married. Um, my husband, I, I met, you know, God blessed me. 
um, and him with us coming together. Um, and, 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 and it has been truly mm. a dream come true as it relates to a union. Um, and all the things that God said was possible started to come once I realized to take myself out, out of, of the it. equation and, and just God yeah and just and, and when I hear so many people say girl I know you tired because you're doing this and doing that and doing this and I say really I feel like I'm floating I understand that piece because yes. that is because you're doing something that you mm -hmm. love to do yeah yeah you know that is your calling yeah. so that's why it doesn't feel like a burden. It's no getting burden. Up, yeah, you know? yeah. So do Appreciate you have any upcoming uh, events or anything coming up? Yes, we do. Um, thank you. Um, Mama Safe Haven, we're excited to be hosting our sixth annual DC's Youth Has Talent Black wow. History Show. Super excited. We have over 100 youth on stage, three hours of dancing, singing, poetry, skits. We have the elementary school bands come out and oh, do a band awesome. competition. It's a free event for everyone to come out and participate. We're going to be back at uh, my alma mater, Charles Hart Middle School, okay. 601 Mississippi Avenue, Saturday, February the 23rd from 12 to 3. That's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, super excited about that. We're also working on a foundation for Mary's Miss Mary's Healing Center um, to bring like-minded organizations together under one roof mm -hmm. to heal those who have been affected by trauma. That's beautiful. You know, again, I thank you. Thank you. Um, for, for joining the conversation and because it's important that, um, you know, our family out there that's watching mm -hmm. and listening, that they, they know that there are organizations that uh, are out here to help, that mm -hmm. are here to give you the resources to help along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, again, family, please, please, please know the signs if, yes. uh, and do not be hesitant. If you know someone that's in a, uh, a situation and they do not be hesitant to dial 911. I know in our community mm -hmm. we tend not to dial 911, mm -hmm. but um, you know, please dial 911, get the help that's required. Mm -hmm. Those of you who are in a domestic violence situation, please seek help, seek counseling, um, make a plan because mm -hmm. you can't leave if you don't know That's how you're going to go or where you're going to go. Make sure you have a plan in place. Um, if you want to get additional information, please dial the domestic violence hotline, which is 1-800-799-SAFE, 1-800-799-SAFE, which is uh, 799 mm -hmm. So, uh, again, you know, God bless you on, on the work that God is doing mm -hmm. um, with you and your organization and um, just in coming out of that situation. We're going to be praying over your son. Awesome. Um, you. you know, as he goes through this situation, yeah. you know, as he uh, appears in court mm -hmm. uh, soon. So, we're going to lift that up in prayer. So, so, no worries on that. Mm -hmm. Family, I know, uh, what day are we on? Day 21? What, what day is it on the furlough for the government shutdown? Is it 21? Yeah, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 So, mm. family, I, I know right now it's, it's a tough time out here uh, for a lot of families. So I just want to give you guys uh, uh, some uh, locations to contact. If you are a furlough employee, and you need help um, with food or need, mm -hmm. please, please, well, you can always call Ellen Foundation. You can mm -hmm. contact me directly. My number is 240-284-6825. Uh, 
Um, again, 240-284-6825, or you can go to my website, which is www.thelmfoundation.org. Send me a con uh, an email, send me a contact me uh, email, so that way we can get you help. Uh, also, you can contact uh, Feed My Sheep Ministry, um, the executive director, his name is Darian Cole, his number is 301-980-6551. Again, 301-980-6551. That's Feed My Sheep Ministry. They will help you with uh, whatever your need is as well. And the last one I want to share is uh, Fred Gaskins. He is with um, Bethel uh, Ministries. Mm -hmm. Forgive me, Fred, if I said it incorrectly. Um, but you can contact him directly at 202-549-3715. Mm -hmm. um, please, you know, family, as you go through this uh, as a furlough employee, I, you know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut on what I think about that. But um, just stay encouraged through mm -hmm. this. And, you know, there's a lot of resources out there to help you in this time of need. Um, you know, follow us on Facebook uh, or all social media platforms. LM Foundation One is Instagram and Twitter, and of course, LM Foundation Inc. on uh, Facebook. Um, continue to walk through this. I am not happy about this government shutdown because mm -hmm. what people don't understand is that is not just the government it's going to affect it's going to affect a lot of other yeah, things agencies. so just just oh. just just hold on as as we ride this wave mm -hmm. um stay in tune with ellen foundation again we can be uh seen here every second sunday at uh 11 30 a.m my ron my my awesome engineer thank you so much for doing what you do because without you there'd be no me thank so you. thank you uh i appreciate you um, and family, visit our website. We got some great stuff coming up very soon. We have a financial wellness workshop that's coming up uh, in March, March 21st, 22nd. It's going to be here at uh, in Largo, uh, 9701 Apollo Drive. Um, we have our STEM, our STEAM event that's coming up, which okay. is going to be in April, April 20th, where we're working with our young people. And we're teaching them how to have fun, awesome. you know, learning that math, science, technology. Mm -hmm. So uh, please visit our website. Um, again, God bless you. I appreciate you. you. Family, stay safe. Yes. Stay warm. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, Happy New Year. Happy God bless New you. Year. I love you guys. Bye-bye.